Hello, hello there. My name is Maureen with my co-host Corey. We are The Real Guys and this is The Real Show with two ears. As a promise kept is a promise met, as I always like to say. And a couple of weeks ago, we made you guys a promise and now we're here to fulfil it. As always, I'm calling my co-host Corey. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good, you were chuckling at my little adage there. Yes, I was. Okay. Well, what is that promise that we made to the people which we are now we're now making good on? Today we are doing Marvel's Moon Knight. Yes, we are. We're filling in on the Disney Plus MCU Phase Four. Correct. Phase Four series Moon Knight. We covered the first episode yes. about a month ago when it first came out, and then we we stopped for a bit. We started Star Wars month. We did. We thought we'd continue on but our recording day is monday people yes and we hadn't the episode hadn't come out the finale hadn't come out on the wednesday yet obviously so we decided to push it back for a bit and and cover it now so you've got two episodes of star wars month we will resume star wars month next week yes but for now we're just taking a bit of a pit stop to finish off moon knight exactly anywhere you want to anywhere you want to begin anywhere you want to begin um is there any categories you'd like to Fill in. We've got we've got the rest of the series to handle here, we do have, and yes. the finale. Correct. Did you have any? Did you discuss this show at all? We didn't talk about it. What do you mean? Did you did you get involved on the conversation? Very. I found it to be more polarizing than I would have imagined. Uh, I can see that. I, I can see what you mean by that. Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't know. It's. It's hard to describe. I guess. Oh, well, well, welcome to radio, Corey. How yeah, do you, I know, right? How do you plan on describing something that's indescribable? How do you plan on communicating your thoughts? Well, shall, shall I begin? Go on, then. Shall I? Well, what we have here, folks, is something that people praised this series mm-hmm. for being something that Marvel had never attempted before, right? People say, oh, it's, it's very psychological, it's very psych- psychic horror, yep. psychological horror, a bit of thriller in there, you know, scary at points. But mostly, you know, filled with all the wonder and all the wonder and amazing spectacle that Marvel has come to bring us in series as before. Right. Correct. Now we were going to stack this up to the others. That's One Division, yes. and uh, I'm going to get this name right. Go on. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Correct. And, and Loki. And oh goodness, is there another one? There's one more. Oh cool goodness, One Div- Hawkeye, yes. thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, Corey gave me a bit of a visual clue there. Thanks very much. So we have um, we have those four, and yes. now we have Moon Knight. Correct. So we'll see how they stack up. We'll give the series a rating, yep. and that'll be the pack of the part and parcel, the package for everyone. So we hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. Now, the first episode, mm-hmm. were you were you set? Were you ready for the ride? Yes. Were you enthused with... With all of the all of the the wonder and the awesome the awesome power of the Marvel machine, I had been waiting for Moon Knight for ages. You you're a comic fan. I am a Moon Knight fan as a character. Mm-hmm. I've not delved much into the comic version. I was just interested in seeing how they adapted Moon Knight to a mostly kind of you know like how they would tame him down. He's a very you know violent character. Yes. And I thought, how are they gonna how are they gonna tackle that and not Balance have it just be a bit more swearing. PG and a bit more, you know? How to bring it down? Yeah. Well, certain elements were definitely brought down. Yes. Um, the origins were sort of shifted just slightly, mm-hmm. and characters were brought in in different roles and with different um, meanings. It's less of a, I think, arguably, it took more of a less of a supernatural approach, I suppose. Yeah. Knowing his comic origins and knowing what they effectively gave him, which was disassociated identity disorder. Yes. 
Um, is that what you is that what you'd call it now? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, they effectively gave Mark Spector, aka Moon Knight, that. Yes. And so he created these alternate personalities out of his own trauma. So as opposed to where it's literally just kind of him under a new, not him under a name, just him within the comics. It's it's more of a a separate person. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's something like that. Moon Knight's a really hard character to describe. <laughs> to, to get into, to describe, <laughs> to to sum up, effectively, yes. Uh, but I had a, I feel like I had a good time with the series. It was a really good I time. I feel like there was ebbs and flows, and there was ups and downs as always. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 last two, not the finale. The finale I thought was very strong. Yeah. The two episodes before then threw me through a loop quite a bit. Okay. The whole the whole asylum concept. And by the way, spoilers. By the way, yes. Massive spoiler embargo here. We should kind of say, you know, big spoilers before we start talking about anything that's too sensitive. Yes. Right? So but even though I've spoiled the entire crux of the story by telling you that Mark Spector <laughs> is actually the main character and he has two separate personalities. Yeah, but you've, that's, that's early doors. Yeah, man. but I knew that from the first episode. Yeah. And I was watching it with someone who didn't know, and I told them that. You see, and I knew, they that. knew And they knew they were more... Because kind of, I think it relies on your confusion in yes. a way. It relies on your confusion of what's going on, who's this... But I don't know. If you just sit down to a show and want to be confused, then you're not going to watch the show, are you? Mm. That's so. That's that's always been my understanding. If you sit down and you don't really like it, then you're not going to watch the rest of it because you're confused as to what's going on. True. But there's that, and then there's being there's that, and then there's the concept of a mystery, the concept of something being unknown to you, thinking, "Hold on, I want to know more. I want to see more. I want to unravel the mystery." I mean, yeah, there's a lot of that. The thing that I like, and we mentioned this last time, is. In the first episode, you're with Stephen, and that's it. You don't see anything Mark does. You wake up, and you black out when Stephen blacks out, yes. and, you, and that's it. And then, like, later on, you get the opposites, where you're a Mark, and then whenever Stephen takes control, you don't see any of that. Yeah. It's very good at kind of showing you his one perspective. Mirroring the, it. Yeah. yeah. And then the next episode, now you're following someone else. Even though we may think that, even though from the finale, yes. we may know that those sort of blackout moments may not have been Mark. No. No, and it's like, that was actually hinted at in as well, I think, episode four. Yeah, episode four, when because he, he goes to Egypt and he fights the dude yes, on the roof. because um, Mark wakes up and he, and he stabs someone. Yeah. And he's like, Stephen, what did you do? And he's like, I didn't do anything. It wasn't me. Yeah. And then there's a mystery third person. We know that's... there's a mystery third person who appears in the finale. Yes. So we have that as well. That is, that's probably the reveal of the show, I think. Mm. Because comic fans were waiting for that for yes. that moment. And when we finally got it, it was... It was really Chef's Kiss. I it really was. enjoyed it. So, speaking of of great characters, yes. Obviously, we've got to give props to massive props to Oscar Isaac. He really held it down. It was, but there was watching. If you're familiar with, you know, um, local, um, I want to say this is on the BBC. I don't even know. Um, sort of BBC Seb Prime Time Seven O'clock uh, Chat and Drivel Show, The One Show. Right. Okay. I am familiar with it. I I know of The One Show here in the UK. Yeah. Um, they often bring on guests of, of, of acclaim mm-hmm. uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was on a few weeks ago promoting Doctor Strange yes. they often bring on like a comic property you know like a Marvel or a DC or you know someone that's caught a caught a badger that day or something or someone who you know yeah. who's been spooning Angel Delight into a fox that kind of thing so someone's pushing Bounty Bars into a horse's face by then that kind of, that kind of content you know that like 70 year old women watch because it's Matt Baker and it's is he even on it anymore? I don't even know. But uh, Yeah, good point. The tangent is that they had Oscar Isaac on yes. the show, right? Yes, correct. They had Oscar Isaac and they had uh, Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. on the show together, in real life, sat together. And they were talk- 
No. You're, I, you're I, right, you were thinking of something. I was about to say, I think I know where you're going with this, but I don't think I know where you're going right, with Right, where this. do you think I'm going? Um, there's a story, and I can't remember where I saw it, of how um, how Arthur, well, the actor who plays Arthur. Ethan Hawke. Yeah, how he was, like, essentially hired by Oscar Isaac for Moon Knight. Are you aware? Yeah, yeah. yes. Where he's, he's in a line outside a coffee shop. Yeah, yes, exactly, <laughs> yes. Um... This this is that story. This oh, it is, is okay. Another story. Okay. Um, Oscar Isaac, yeah, he also, he also told this story to Empire Magazine in February um, of this year. Mm-hmm. That he invited, um, in fact, he was his neighbour. Oh, Hawk okay. At the time. They were in line at the same coffee shop um, in Brooklyn. And he, he, uh, Oscar Isaac had recently watched Ethan Hawke in um, The Good Lord Bird okay. in 2020. And he, wanted, he was an executive producer, uh, Isaac, so he just hired Ethan Hawke and got him in the role. So, and another thing that Ethan Hawke revealed on the one show, in fact, that I also have it down in my trivia section here. Yep. That there's not much known about Arthur Harrow from the comic. He's only in a couple of issues as True. a very minor, in fact, even a Nazi villain. Yes. So, and he's someone that Moon Knight fights in the 1960s, right? Yeah. So, oh, sorry, not in the 1980s. I apologise. The 1980s, 1985, even. So, there's not much known about him at all. So, it was most of most of his ideas to make him kind of like a sort of a Dalai Lama kind of figure yeah. who this sort of religious um, this like like kind of a Fidel Castro Dalai Lama kind of thing the Leo Tolstoy kind of uh, yeah. figure and a Noam Chomsky almost mm. so he he's a very charismatic very uh, very powerful man he is who, who has this uh, sort of undying need to to complete his goals yeah um again mentioned this last time even hawk and and arthur is great now obviously last time we spoke with us like we said we were only two episodes in um yes we were yes um even hawk at least at the start i said that he fills the role of anubis because mm. armit works with anubis armit by the way is um he's uh, av- uh, avatar Arthur is Armit's yeah. avatar. He's his like human standard, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, Anubis works with Armit. Anubis would use the scales, which which Arthur does. Yeah. And then if the uh, heart was not lighter than the feather, the person would be consumed by Armit. Yeah. Later on, actually, this does happen, but it's not Anubis that does it. It's someone else, right, okay. which we'll get to later. But um, even Hawkiness is fantastic. He is. He is. I was very interested when we were discussing this because you're very into your yes. Egyptian mythology. I'm a big mythology buff. Yes, big mythology buff. You like your mythology. Correct. You like your myth and myth and mystics and all My of that. Mythos. And your mythos. Yes. Yes, indeed. All the forms of that word. <laughs> you're into it. So Egyptian mythology. Yep. Kind of your thing. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to speak to you on that and kind of learn a bit. I felt like. I feel like we'll get the same insights here, especially with Armour. We will, and... because, thankfully, for as far as my Egyptian knowledge goes, this film is pretty close with, unlike 4, which strays... the series is pretty close. Yes, yeah, unlike 4, which strays way off the path of Norse mythology. Right. This stays pretty close to it, as close as it probably could mm-hmm. with the story that's being told, anyway. Um, 4 is another tangent with the whole Norse mythology thing, but <laughs> yeah. that's another tangent in the making. 4's still good, but... It's not a good representation of Norse. Mm-hmm. But no, it's it's very good. It stays close to the lines with Egyptian stuff. That's also why I was interested, because I like that stuff. It's good yeah. to see it. So Armut, by the end of the by the end of the series we see obviously uh, Harrow's Harrow's goal yes. is to um 
is to bring about the arrival of Armut and mm-hmm. consume loads of souls yes. and purge the earth of, of great evil by preventing it from happening even from yes. someone who will not commit evil yet. And Yes, because Armut will sense, even if you're not doing good now, something bad now, you might do something bad in the future and you can't yes. have that. So to release to release armor to an exact justice or judgment based on future crimes yes so as happens to the old woman in the first episode as happens yes indeed <laughs> so and also by using the scales which you yes. mentioned so do you feel like the representation of, of when armor appears he smashes the smashes the statue in the mm-hmm. in the temple of the gods and in egypt and the it rises in a cloud of purple smoke i thought we we're going to get a lost scenario but no it forms <laughs> a it forms a large crocodile uh, woman accurate to I imagine it is a so uh, armor is let me just quickly get a picture crocodile is part of it do you, right. Do you, right do you know what the uh, the manticore is or the, um, the man- isn't that a bug no okay. it might also be a bug there's a manticore and there's the chimera which are Greek and Roman they're like three creatures all motion to one right it's okay. kind of what armor is it's a crocodile um, and I think it's two seconds is it's a crocodile, a lion, and a hippopotamus. Okay. All merged into one. It's a crocodile head, lion mane, kind of hippo, lionish body. Yes, yes. It's armit. So, again, it's close enough to where it's... I know it's a bit like, you know, Hollywoodized yes. or whatever, but it's close enough to where it's like, I'm not offended by, oh, it's, that's wrong. It's okay. close enough. It's good. Recognisable? Yeah, I'd say so. Yes, um, and, and from, the, from an image in the... In the uh... From the image of the show's version of mm-hmm. Armut, it's not too. Uh, it's not, not too, too bad. Accurate to that description, I find. It's it's more like human-like than Armut would be. Yes. Um, it's kind of more like um, Sebek. So Sebek. Yes, Sebek, okay. the actual kind of crocodile god, the alligator god, who yes. is kind of more human-esque. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's all right. It's it's accurate enough. To where I don't mind it. It is verging on Sobek levels, though. Okay. And Could then be. we have... It's, it's just reaching the tip yes. of Sobek levels. Yeah. Now, we're going to switch over to Konshu. Yes. Speaking on Konshu, the, I feel like Konshu gets a bit of a bad rap at some points in this series. Yep. I feel like Konshu, he's doing his best. I'm sure he, he's, not, he's not perfect, mm-hmm. by no means. Um, he does his own share of dark deeds, but I feel like he has the good, he has the good of people in mind to protect those that commit evil. So... And Moon Knight is his, uh, the left fist of Conchio, I know that. Yeah, um, to be fair though, I like the fact that you're never sure if Conchio is actually good or not. Mm-hmm. There's many times in this where you're kind of thinking, is he actually, like, is he good? Should we be going along with this or should we not be doing that? And I like that because also sometimes we're like Mark and Steven are like, I don't want to have any part of this. He's just going too far. Right. And it kind of puts you in that whole perspective of, Maybe 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 Arthur is correct. Or maybe he's not correct. Maybe Conchie's too far. But and is it a less of two evils? Is Conchie bad, but he's not as bad as, as what Armit wants to do. And so yeah. therefore he's um, the good in that situation. It's it's quite nice. I like that. The comparisons have been made I mentioned this beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, comparisons have been made to Batman mm-hmm. for Moon yep. Knights. Yeah. I feel like some of it was um a bit over a bit overt yeah. in the last couple of episodes where you sort of see there's a lot of shots of sort of Moon Knight appearing in front of the moon, where he flays his cape out, and it, and yes. it looks like a crescent, and he, and he goes over the moon. I thought that's very reminiscent of the, sort of the famous Batman shots of him yeah. flying in front of the moon and, and illuminating it with a bat symbol. So, 
But always the the Marvel versus DC thing we can go on for, for ages for yeah, hours about that. I feel like yeah. So there's not much point in us doing that, but it'll be a nice discussion to have at some point. It would be of the sort of the comparisons made between the comics and who did what first and who made who first and yeah. who went over to whose side and whatnot. I feel like there should be a there must be some kind of documentary on it. But, there will be. But the the show itself and for all its parts, I feel like. Did you ever feel like you were out of the loop? I feel like you were confused. About what? About the events of the show. No, I feel like I had a, a decent enough grasp at what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, straight away, I was like, okay, I got us two people going on, cool, fine. Um, as soon as Contra appeared, I thought, okay, I assume that's who the third booming voice is. I thought, okay, yeah. cool. Um, there was a part in episode four or three mm-hmm. um, where they go in the tomb. Um, mm. of uh, Alexander the Great I think yes and there's that weird like guy who's essentially just mummifying this body and then um, her the woman gets like yeah, chased down by very, he's got sort of um, sort of dark uh, he's kind of like a dark kind of priest yeah that for a second because I thought I don't know where this is going I feel like he was one of the guards though they mentioned like the guards yeah, of, I of guess the pharaoh so. yeah and they were like zombies they're like zombies almost yeah but like I'm like, dark zombies. I was like, okay, well, he's in tomb. He's mummifying someone in the tomb, but it's already someone else's tomb. Well, he killed. He killed some <laughs> of Harrow's men because Harrow's men were going into the to the temple. Yeah. To look for what he was looking for. Yeah. And then those sort of guard, those sort of guards, they're sort of very supernatural kind of zombie kind of um, skinwalkers were going around and yeah. stabbing people. And then, and then making them into mummies because that's what they've been told to do, I guess. Yes. I can also n- confirm nor deny if Alexander the Great's tomb was actually not been found or not. I think it has been now. Right. Because that's the whole thing of, oh, it's Alexander the Great's tomb. No one's ever found this before. I think yeah. it actually, I think we do know where it is. Oh. Because it's uh, in Alexandria, which is where he was buried. Cause that's why it's called Alexandria. Okay. I thought they found it, they found it in Egypt. It is in Egypt. It's, it's in a place in Egypt called oh, Alexandria. Alexandria. Right, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Sorry, I just some sort of weird thought that Alexandria was maybe in Greece. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't blame you for thinking that because a friend I I knew thought it was. Right, okay. Um, but I think they were getting mixed up with Achilles. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they were. So, I was talking to another... In fact, speaking to friends. Okay. I was speaking to another friend. Right. Um, I'm going to shout this person out right now. Hold on, let me get my phone. Oh. Um... Go on, get your phone. I was talking to them, and yep. they have experience um, dealing with people who um, have DID, have this okay. d- d- I- a dissociative identity disorder. Okay. And we were talking last night about Moon Knight, mm-hmm. and I'm also going to read you a little fact while I find what they said. Fair enough, um, This on. is from my trivia section, and it says that um, to better understand his character's DID, Oscar Isaac read A Fractured Mind, the 2005 memoir by China scholar Robert B. Oxnam, uh, who learned through therapy in his 40s that the blackouts, depression, and alcoholism that had plagued him were a result of 11 distinct personalities. Oh. In his research, Isaac learned that DID is predominantly caused by a prolonged abuse that starts in early childhood. Wow. So there we go. There we are. And shout out to you, uh, Geordie. Geordie said that... Um, this is my, my mate. Sure that. Um, they said that um, a, there were a lot of people um, who have DID who very much approved of the sort of mirror visual between them. Mm. Saying that the actual disorder can feel very much like that, and also that um, when you when you know that you have it, it kind of feels like you're backseat driving your own body. Okay, which is quite haunt, quite haunting and quite frightening, it's, really. But it's... yeah, mm. uh, to, yeah. I mean, it, to be fair, it's 
it's a good thing, I guess, because I, I didn't think of that. If like, is it it was accurately depicting stuff like that? Because you mm. see it before, like other films are like, get, yeah, you get this. I, I want to say this sort of ra- romantic. Oh, what's the word? Romanticize. Romanticization. Yeah, romanticization yes. of jinx. Romanticization of things like that, especially conditions like that. Yes. Where you see all these things going around, like, oh, I've got the idea and whatever, dog, but your hands shaking, yeah. that kind of thing. Where I see it all the time. I'm. This is going to be a. Weird, I do not suffer from DID. Uh, I'm just help. going to say, and neither do you. Neither do I. Um, but something that I sort of similarly suffer with. I'm autistic. You know that. See, I was going to mention and this because that's the one that I, I I hear a lot about autism not being like I hear like everyone goes Rain Man, great. Everything else, no. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I you know I have autism. Yeah. Right? Even though it's very low. Even though I'm very low on the on the spectrum. Mm. Um, it's sort of close to Asperger's, I guess you could say. Yeah. But it's it affords me certain advantages. It affords me certain disadvantages. I'm very creative. I'm yeah. a horrible warrior. Mm-hmm. You know me. I've got crippling anxiety to the point where I'll say something wrong and yeah. I'll be in my head about it for two weeks to a very dangerous degree. Right. So I've it, it affords me certain advantages. It affords me certain disadvantages. Yes. You know, I'm very I'm very detail oriented. I'm very particular. I like things, everything a certain way. I have a very strict morning routine, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And my point, my point is, right? My point is that it's the real, it's the realistic portrayal of something that I feel like makes me feel good. Yes. The fact that this is this has been taken time with, this has been taken care with. Someone's looked at the facts. Someone has interpreted it in a way which is respectful. That's the word, respectful mm-hmm. to, to actual people who have it, and. And doesn't treat it like it's some kind of some kind of um, de- debilitating illness, yes. or some kind of something to be ashamed of, yes. right? Or something to be, um, as I say, something to be ashamed of, something to be um, condemned, and it's not. It's it's a very real condition that affects a lot of people. So I I appreciate the respect, I appreciate the care that's that's been taken to handle it, and I appreciate the. Um, the, the amount of thought that's gone into it as well. It's not been, you know, it's not been pushed under the table. Oh, he's got this. It's a, it's a major thing. Yeah. So, and I, I, I champion people who, who live with it daily and who go through the struggles because I, I can empathise. Yes. That's the right one, isn't it? Empathy is when you can. Yeah. Sympathy is when, when it has happened to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it's happened to you, you don't want sympathy. From other people, but then oh. it'd be them being empathetic to you. Right. Okay. Yes. So if I like stub, so if I like, if I like, uh, if I fall over and graze my knee, and <laughs> you fall over and graze your knee, I'll be empathetic. I'll be sympathetic to you because I've already yes. done it. Yes. Maybe. But if English is not my strong suit. Right. Okay. Neither is I. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, we've got. <laughs> we've also got a very important character. Okay. Um, Hit Scarlet, me. Scarlet Scarab. Correct. Also known as Layla. I'll try and pronounce his name. Go on. Layla L. Foley, 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 Foley. I think. I think. Uh, played by uh, May Callumway. So Scarlet Scarab again. Um, we know that sort of Moon Knight's lover in the comics is this wife yeah. in the comics is this character Scarlet Scarab. So and obviously the Scarab is a big portion of the story. It is indeed. Searching for this MacGuffin called the Scarab that leads you to to Armit's tomb. Yes. So and he uses the power from the Scarab, I believe, and and yeah. Um. She's the temporary so. avatar of um again I'm gonna try and pronounce this correctly. Go on. Taro Tor- Torowet? Tarowet? The Hippo. The Hippo, yes. yes. 
So she becomes the temporary avatar of the hippo and the hippopotamus. Yeah, that one. And <laughs> nice version of that, by the way. Right, thank you. You can probably do a better one than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's more. It's hip. Bo-bat-mus. Go get, yeah. go get a nice deep crispy voice. There you go. I've not got Oscar Isaac's <laughs> deep crispy voice. No one's got Oscar Isaac's cre- deep crispy voice. No, his deep, <laughs> just deep fried crispy voice. That's essential. Exactly. Anyway, we've got uh, Layla L. Foley, who yes. is the uh, Scarlet Scarab, and she she turns up in the finale. She's got she the, she's got the wings. She's got the blades. Yeah. She's really going for it. The, I, I, the costume is great. I really like the sort of melding of Egyptian armor and everything mm-hmm. and the sort of wings and she's doing the Wonder Woman poses with the swords. Yep. It's great. That final fight, the, choreo- the choreography, phew, is really, really amazing. Yeah. So, I, I was in awe of that final fight scene. You know, they're in the street and that sort of plaza and they're sort of flipping around and he's and Moon Knight does this cool move where he does a backflip onto the car and he slides across the back of the car and he throws yeah. his two things. He throws his, what you call them, crescent or boomerangs or Maybe. whatever. Maybe. I, yeah. It's sort of moonerangs. Yes. I, I call them moonerangs. <laughs> he throws his moonerangs and it, and it catches two guys in the chest and he flips back up and he spins them and yeah. then he catches them again. Like, oh, that's great. Cool move. So I love the fire choreography in this as well. It's really good. And the amount of Egyptian influences, the yes. music, yes. the locations, the mythologies you mentioned. Isn't the, I could get this wrong, isn't the like director or writer Egyptian. I believe, but I believe it may well be both. Because uh, wasn't one of them like? Didn't you like ask Disney like, "Hey, I wanna, I wanna write something, or I wanna work on this," and they kind of let him do it. I think. It's. Um, I might be getting that correct. American. I feel like the com- the composer is a famous Egyptian composer. Okay. Called Hesham Nazi. Shout out to you, Hesham Nazi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you make some great music, and he's yeah, he was the composer for this. And again, the music really amazing. It is really so good. Really nice to see. Uh, they bring back all obviously Kevin Feige at the yes. at the helm. Yeah. Luis Desposito, Oscar Isaac has a executive producer role. It's all the same people that brings the consistency of a Marvel show, but manages to give it its own flavour, its own sense. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's one of those things as well. Like, if you're going to do something in Egypt, it's going to be Egyptian based. Get people who are in that culture to do it. Yeah, of course. Just again, makes sense. Again, it's about treating it with respect. Yeah. Treating the culture with respect, treating the the ideology and the mythos and the religion mm. with respect as well. So yeah, I mean that's the other thing that I I kind of like about this is that I know obviously like Norse Egyptian Greek is often seen as like an old an old thing, but it's still it is still a massive part of like people's culture and stuff. People still worship them gods as well. Yeah, people still believe in it and they still do that sort of thing. It's not as big as like modern day stuff, but it, it's still it's still some people's beliefs anyway. It's still some people's belief system, mm. um, and it's, it is good to see that this has a nice kind of level of correctness, bit of respect, and. Would you like a fact, Corey? You got a fact for me? Yeah. Do you want what, a fact? what What is your fact? Tell me your fact. This is the first Marvel Studio series not to include any any previously established characters. Wow. No, nobody appears that you've seen before. Everyone is new. How do you feel about that? I did not think about that. To be fair, that, that to be fair, did not cross my mind. Did it not? No. Obviously, like before, I mentioned again, all, all the other TV shows have. Yeah, Falcon. They're, they're all based Wanda, on people we already know. Loki, Hawkeye. Everyone you've seen showing up already. Yeah, I didn't think because obviously, like you have people in like um, in Hawkeye, you have Hawkeye's daughter who's new and she's, she's going to be brought in. Yeah. Um, US agent was new. He's been brought in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise this. Yeah, this is just essentially going. Here's King a whole Pin, new. King Pin in the Hawkeye show. Yeah, here's like a whole new preference of people. But we yeah. now we're just going to introduce and push them to. 
and does it really well. Hard job, hard job. It's a very hard to job. Bring in so many new people and not have you know. Where's Iron Man? Where's Where's <laughs> Thor? You know. Iron Man is not alive, and Thor is in space. Yeah, Thor is space. Yeah, I know. But well, you're always gonna have those people, aren't you? Yeah. Always gonna go. Well, Iron Man looks weird, you know. Or as <laughs> as Tim Curry would say, space. 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 I love that clip so you much. You can't do it without looking up like I that. I love that I clip think. so much. Space. It's because, it's because he's laughing. Yes. Because you can see he's cracking in the take yeah. halfway through. And he's just going, Sp- space. That's, that's the best space. take as well. I, I, want, I want to see the other ones. We did one. It's like the Simpsons show. It's the Simpsons show where Mr. Burns is in the theatre and he's going... We did we did one hundred takes and that was the best one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. Yeah. Moon Knight. Back back to Moon Knight. Yeah. Remember yeah. that show, Moon Knight. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about it. Yeah, we are. <laughs> but I feel like that again. It's another great asset to the show. Yes. The fact that it makes you care and it makes you learn and go with and go on this journey with these new characters that we've never really seen before. Yeah, and these new characters that, well. Originally, we're believed to be a, a, a one series finished, wrapped up, done with, and now but could be a second one. Another series, we're getting another one. It feels like it does. The teaser for the last second season was too was too good to pass up on. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, as well, Marvel once submitted this for an award, which is essentially like a one season, uh, really like an award. But you have to have one season. That's it done. They also like put out tweets that were like, "This is the." Uh, Season no series finale, and then they, they changed, changed it, it to series. Se- to se- right. Yeah, because it was a se- yeah, it's a season finale. Season finale. They changed it to season. Yes. It was and, and everyone's going, oh, it's gonna be another one. But I, know, I saw that on Twitter actually. Yes, so I woke up to that. <laughs> I saw the fact that someone had taken two images fast together. Someone, had, yes. for some reason, people habitually take screenshots of tweets nowadays. Oh yeah, all the time. That's quite scary, I think. Yeah. Because that way you can't, you know, you can't escape people. You know, I took a screenshot. You can't hide, Marvel. You know. You see all that all the time. So they initially put out a tweet saying series finale, yes. right? And then a few minutes later, it changes to season finale. It does. Everyone's going, oh, there's a second season, Marvel. Oh, you're, I, t- you're tickling my ivories. I reckon, because like I said, I believe a director or writer essentially asked Marvel, hey, I want, I want to do something. And then Marvel like, okay, you can do Moon Knight. It's, it's, I reckon like, it's, a one, it's one series anyway. So if, if you do it and it doesn't work out, one season. And I reckon now, they're seeing how, like, how, how everyone loves it and how popular it is. Yeah. You know what? We can do more of that. Why not? We'll do more of that. Because it's... I feel like the, the ending is rather open. Well, mm. no, no, no. The the ending up until the end of the last episode yes. is quite closed. Yes. Like We don't know whether it was in his head or not. We don't know what's a dream and what's real. We don't know whether the asylum is is real at all or yeah. who was who was real and who wasn't. Was Harrow actually the villain the entire time? Was yeah. he not? Was was you know was it all in his head you know was the asylum and stuff like that and was he trapped in there and is Stephen Grant and and Mark Spector are they the same person are they different people mm-hmm. you know it, it all brings it together and obviously the last two episodes are quite crucial in that yes but we're given an ending of oh well, he's just back in his bed and and he's Mark and he's got two fish instead of one yeah and we spoke about the fish last time we did but the t the, obviously Marvel you stay after the credits yes. Everyone, it's it's the bane of theatre rushes everywhere, where half the people don't don't actually get up and leave, because they're sat there in the credits for a Marvel film. I'm gonna watch the end. So you wait till the end, and and you see that you see 
the asylum, whether it's the same one or not. Yeah. And Harrow's in there because he's been captured, he's been defeated, he's been vanquished by the heroes. Yes. And he's put in an asylum and he's wheeled away by a mysterious man who I... I don't want to say I knew it was coming, but they did. They did a lot. They took a lot of liberties to hide this man's face. Yeah, just wheeling him out. Or probably he's wearing a big coat and you know a big hat and a big scarf, and he's wheeling Harrow away. And there's dead people around him. And then he puts him into the back of the white um, limousine that has Spectre written on the front. If you noticed, mm. the number plate spelled out Spectre, and. He gets in there and Conchu's in there. It's weird seeing his big bird head on a little man's body, isn't it? <laughs> on a regular suited man. Yeah. Because when, cause when Harrow gets in the back of the limousine and he's like, oh, it's you, Conchu. I was like, what, is he in there? That <laughs> massive big bird man, like crunched up, crunched, sitting up, sitting in there. But no, he's wearing a real person, oh, a real person's outfit. Yes. And he's got just got his big bird head. And then he's talking, he's like, oh... Mark Spector has no idea who he really is. And he, knocked, he taps on the, on the window and then rolls down and he says, this is my friend, Jake Lockley. And then he turns around and it's, oh. And then he's Hispanic. I think he was speaking Spanish. Possibly. Because it's weird. Because it, wasn't it Oscar Isaac's request to make um, Stephen Grant British? Uh, it might have been. I feel like it was. I'm not too sure. Because... I feel like they each have a different sort of. They each have a different. Yeah. Um, uh, from a different part of the world, you want to yes, say. Yes. Different twang. Different twang. Um, a lot of twang. A lot of twang. There's, there's Mark Spector who is American. Yes. There's Stephen Grant who is British. Yes. And there's uh, Jake Lockley who is, I can assume, Hispanic Spanish. Yeah. So, and of course, we're not going to talk about the accents or, or maybe how good slash bad the British one is I didn't mind it uh, you didn't mind it no the first episode was a bit jarring to me honestly just to hear that voice coming out of Oscar Isaac I thought it was hilarious you know I just found it funny right well I was well you know I'm used to watching Oscar Isaac <laughs> in you know Ex Machina and Star Wars yeah where he's you know whoa I'm the greatest pilot in the resistance I'm gonna shoot down this TIE fighter pa 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 pow you know and, that, and now he's like alright mate we're gonna go and look at the security recordings I'm at Moon Knight I'm uh, I'm going at working at the at the museum. All right, mate. In it, in it, brother. In it, brother. All right. Look at this bloody bloody moon night. What? Apologies. <laughs> you can just say anything. Yeah. You can just say words in that. You can just say words in that accent. It doesn't matter what you're saying, right? <laughs> Put a bit of stutter in there. Put a bit of Put a bit of repeating yourself. It's like the Jeff Goldblum impression. It's it's flawless, really. Mm. Here's another secret to a Jeff Goldblum impression. Go on. Then. It's to repeat yourself and to add ums and ahs in there. Great. Because when you're doing, uh, if you would like a, a demonstration. I mean, I assume you were going to do one. All right. See, when you do a Jeff Goldblum, you've got to go um and uh ahs in the middle of um uh your uh sentence sentence, and you've got to re say say things that um uh you've um uh said said. Said already, and you've got to um uh put the put the um um uh in there um uh uh um uh um uh uh um that's chaos that's chaos theory. I apologise to everyone. There you go. Right, I don't. I'll do. I'll do. I'll do Stephen Grant, and I'll make up for it. Anyway, carry on. Yes. Highlight for the highlight of the show for you. What's our best moments? Yeah, put your head back in the game, Murray. Okay, head back in the game. Enough enough of the impressions of everyone we've done. Okay. Um. Favourite parts of a show? No, I'll tell you something. Oh, just, just one more thing. 
There's a video. There's a there's a video where, yep. um, strangely enough, it's about something supernatural. People okay. can't spell the word. The word. I've never seen this YouTube video. People can't spell the word Ouija board on like. Um, oh, on I know. Like, it, yeah. On like Ask Jeeves or whatever on one of those question yeah. sites. Quora, I think. Yes. People can't spell the word Ouija board on Quora, and someone reads out all of the misspellings to the point where. <laughs> Someone spells it Ojo board yeah. or something, and he reads it in a British accent. So it's like, is it safe to play with Ojo board? <laughs> and that's what I think of when Stephen Graham was talking. He's like, I can't play with uh, Ouija board. I'm uh, British. Great. I'm Oscar Isaac. I'm going around. I'm a I'm a Poe Dameron uh, fighter pilot. Uh, uh, Finn uh, Carlo Ren. Bloody Carlo Ren. I'm 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 going farmer now. Yeah, you are. You're going too far. I'm going like I've, I've started South London. I'm going up to Newcastle. Yeah, you you, you end up in Combine Harvester. Territory. Yeah, Combine Harvester. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? Exactly. Why, Galo Galo <laughs> no, that's that's something else now. That is that's we're we're, we're crossing too many boundaries here. Right. Analyze the series. <laughs> what is your favourite thing about the Moon Knight show? Uh, other than the obvious and the characters, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna probably just mention the, the whole mythology basis. I love it. Yeah, it's great. If it's great, if it's accurate. Only couple of things that aren't accurate is the fact that the hippopotamus, um, at one point in episode five, uh, she uses the scales and weighs the heart, which again I mentioned that's Anubis's job. Um, Tarawet is the god of birth and fertility. That's what she does. However, the whole thing of the boat that goes through the ocean after the afterlife is true, and it's what Ra does after mm-hmm. nighttime. It goes in a little boat, has a guy called Set, and he fights a giant snake every single night. Comes back, and when he's back, that's when the sun rises. So that whole boat thing's true. But I love the um, mythology aspect. The of sand, this. the sea of sand. And Correct. All that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the whole uh, mythology base of us. I think it's really good. And it's interesting to see, especially from my... Because when they went to the asylum, I thought, okay, it's probably an afterlife. And I thought, ah, okay, this might be going into the whole Egyptian afterlife thing yeah. and where that kind of leads to and stuff. And Coptic's an actual language um, that they speak in the show. Mm. It's an actual language of real life. It's the only spoken Egyptian language. Obviously, you've got hieroglyphics and stuff, but Coptic's the only spoken one. Mm. And I can't remember in episode three, but the you know when, like... Mark is trying to essentially it's like the courtroom from where Mark's talking to all the gods and he's like, oh, can't uh, arm it, trying to release arm it, Arthur's doing whatever, and there's like Osiris is there and Anubis mm-hmm. is there. That's the correct, like the correct gods are in that place. Okay. So you can tell there's been research done to make sure that they are correct and that they are um, following actual things, and I love that. I think it's great. So if you're an Egyptian buff, good time. Very nice. Amazing. Very nice. Very nice. Wonderful. I'm I'm gonna pick. By the way, that was fantastic. I could really. I feel like we should start some kind of Egyptian <laughs> mythology show now because we're so into it. It's wonderful. Maybe we. Maybe well, I don't know. I don't want to drop a teaser for anything that's coming up. But um, if we ever, we'll, we'll probably at some point end up talking about other things that dabble into other mythologies, Greek, Norse, of course, etc., etc. Et but what I'm gonna mention is it's one. T- it's it's of detail, but it's something you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the asylum, yep. and it's going in there, and it's the fact that. He's made he's made this play, and of course the hippo explains. Yes. yes. What's the hippo's name? I believe it's pronounced Tarawet. Arrowet. Arrowet explains. No, Tarawet. It's got Tarawet. Tier, tier of start. Oh, Tarawet explains that you've made this asylum your afterlife uh-huh. because it's because the actual plane you can't imagine because it's not you know it's it's unimaginable for the human mind what this place looks like. So you've yes. made it into something that you like related to. Yes. And he goes, oh, I made it an insane asylum. You know, is that because we're mad? Yeah, that kind of thing. I really enjoy that 
sort of level of discovery. Yeah. In fact, that it's something I love. I love the 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 pl- the sort of the astral plane kind of feel like they do it in Doctor Strange with the mirror world. Yes. They do it in Black Panther with the sort of realm of the fathers or whatever they call it, where you where you become with Bass the giant panther god, uh, the panther goddess and whatever, and you go to the sort of the purple the purple field and you go to the tree and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they do it here with the field of reeds. Yes. And which I'm sure is all based in. Uh, field of reeds, I believe, is something. Right. Um, I'm not fully. Field of Reeds, uh, Egypt. Here we go. Uh, that's just giving me pictures. Ah, yes, it is. It's for the afterlife in Egypt. Okay, Egyptian. Great. There we are. Sometimes uh, called the Field of Offerings. Okay. There you go. A roundabout rating for Moon Knight as a whole. Everybody, have you put any thought into this? Yes. So I can't remember what we gave uh, all the, the first the first episode. I can't no, no, no. Um, the other series as okay okay I, but I do know for a fact that out of the other four we've done this is my favourite okay out of Loki out of uh, uh, Five and Soldier out of One Vision Hawkeye and uh, Hawkeye which is my favourite I believe the highest I've given an episode is either an 8 or an 8.5 so I'm going to give Moonlight a 9 wow a 9's a big a it big is. hit here you it's know? a very big hit I'm going to temper your expectations okay right? I enjoyed it. it. Was very good. Mm-hmm. I liked it as a, as a story, as a series. Very happy. I don't want it to change anything about itself. Right? Okay. It's a perfect. It's a it's a perfect thing. Okay. Really, really good. Enjoyed yep. it. But there's a book coming. There is. And in the words of Edward Stark <laughs> from Game of Thrones, okay. anything you say before a book doesn't count. Yep. Right. So, but. I like I like I like some of the others a bit more. Okay, fair enough. I like I like the sort of the world of WandaVision. I like yeah. the the twists and turns in that story. I like the I don't want to mention Loki because I didn't have a good time with that. Yeah. Um, Hawkeye. I like the sort of very base central family oriented story behind Hawkeye. I feel like each one of these Marvel shows. Like, follow me on this. Each one of these Marvel shows is is showing you a different aspect or a different genre to like life. Yes. Yeah. Feel like. Mm-hmm. One division is like, what if you had your perfect world? Yeah. Would Wanda creates that show for herself, One Division. What it well, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is, what if you wanted the world to change? So obviously there's Captain Anarchy in that show, and there's yes. changing times and things like that without a Captain America, right? Who's going to be the next Captain America? Mm-hmm. Loki is is um, what if you kind of had a journey with yourself? Like what if yeah. you discovered yourself? Because J- Loki discovered all the versions of it. So I'm sure it's told through time traveling and whatever. But what if you had all the d- versions of yourself? You know, how would mm-hmm. they turn out differently, right? There's like Thor's that sorry, there's Loki's that killed their Thor and stuff like that. Yeah. And Loki's that have become president and things. Correct. Um what's the other one? Hawkeye is a great family story, right? It puts you in the position of, of you with your loved ones, Kate with her mum and Hawkeye with his family. Yes. Right. And what you do to protect them. Even Kingpin and um oh, I don't know what her name what her name or her uh, actual not a character's name is, but um his sort of deaf daughter. Yes. His sort of adopted child, mm-hmm. right? Echo, that's her name, sorry. Yes. Echo. You'd sort of do if... It's, again, it's, I feel like it's about different phrases of yeah. almost discovering yourself in a way. Each each show is about a different phase of discovering yourself, which I feel like is amazing and very self-reflective when you think okay. about it. But for beating around the bush here, yeah. but... My rating for Moon Knight is going to be... I'm going to just knock it down a point. I'm going to give it an 8. 
Okay, that's fine. That's fair. So I feel like a seven would be a service. Yeah. Seven would be too low. I feel like anything below a seven, I wouldn't be happy with. So I feel like an eight and a nine is a good sh- is a good shout for Moon Knight. And generally, we're quite a positive show. Yeah, we are, aren't we? Yeah. This isn't you know this isn't a uh, a forty minute slugfest on it. You know, we're <laughs> yeah. not going to tear it to bits. We're we're going to see its positives because we feel like overall, if it's not Army of the Dead, yeah. then we're going to have a good time with it. Yes, right? pretty much. So. That was Moon Knight. And for the weekly wreck yes. this week, are you looking forward to this? It's your turn. It is. It's something from 2011. Okay. It's Marvel Connected. Right. Are you familiar with the concept of the Marvel one-shot? No. Oh, um, yes, actually. Do you know what a Marvel one-shot is? Uh, is this not... Did they not... Do, I might be wrong on this. Did they not do this for... Uh, I think there was one for Hulk. There was a few for several films. I Marvel think there's one, one for Hulk. Marvel one shot, right? The Wikipedia definition yeah. of a Marvel one shot is: Marvel one shots are a series of direct-to-video short films produced by Marvel Studios, set within or inspired by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Initially released from 2011 to 2014, they were included as special features on the MCU's Blu-rays and digital distribution releases. The films, which range to 3 to 15 minutes, are designed to be self-contained stories that provide more backstory on characters or events introduced for the film. Mm-hmm. Two of the shorts inspired the development of MCU television series. Oh, which one were they? <laughs> um, nice. I'll have to find that out. Yeah, you but, but the one I'm recommending today is... The one I'm recommending today is called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Thor's Hammer. Okay. Which is a long title. But it is. It's from 2011, and it's set before the events of the first Thor film. You mentioned Thor. I did. And the grasp of mythology it may or may not have. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't about Thor. Okay. This is about Agent Phil Coulson. You know Phil Coulson, Clark Gregg? Yep. Famous character from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Avengers. Correct. Iron Man. The first phase. He's big in the first phase as a sort of leading S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. So, Phil Coulson, he's on a drive to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. To, to look at Thor's hammer, right? Thor's hammer's landed in Albuquerque, and he's on his way there to assess the situation. Mm-hmm. He's driving, and he stops at a local gas station, right, to pick up some 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 snacks on the way. Yeah. Um, he stops at the station, he walks in, and he goes to the back of the store to look for some donuts. He can't decide between the the pink and the brown donuts, the strawberry or the chocolate ones. Which one do you have, Corey? <sighs> I'm always struggling by myself. Oh, well, he, he picks both. Yeah. Um, he picks both just then. I'm actually, actually more of a sugar strand donut fan myself. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, t- I'm telling a story here. Anyway, <laughs> door opens. Ding dong. It's two robbers. They arrive. I'm telling you, the, I'm just telling you the story. They're, two robbers arrive. Hold up, the, hold, up the, hold up the store, right, with shotguns. Yeah. And Phil Coulson, they don't know he's there. He's at the back of the store. He's looking at donuts. No one knows that he's there. So they're saying, the robbers are like, whose car is that outside? You know? And then... Phil Coulson pops up and says, oh, it's my car. And then and then they turn the guns on him. And he's like, all right, all right, you know, calm down. He takes out his keys and he says, he says, here you go, here are my keys. He's like, oh, do you want this gun? He just pulls out a pistol. They're like, what? You know, throw the gun over. It's like, okay, okay. So he puts the gun on the ground mm-hmm. and then he goes to he goes to slide the gun over to the to the man and then he grabs the donuts, wham, throws the donuts at the guy's face. He goes, oh, he's stunned. And then Coulson runs in Jumps, jumps off the the shelf, decks the guy, pow, 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 knocks him, knocks him down. Yeah. Knocks him out. And then he takes the shotguns from the robbers, puts them on the desk, and says, you know, if the police come, just tell them to beat these guys up. Yeah. And I'll say, oh, I'll pay for these donuts, please. Fair enough. He gets both. I can't decide. Ah, so fair. pays for both. Gets back in his car. Drives away. Nice. 
There you go. No more than four people in the whole thing. You know, it was it was included on the um, Blu-ray release of Captain America: The First Avenger on the tw- on the October twenty-fifth. So, got a rating for that. There you go. I will give it a seven point five. Nice. So there we go with Phil Coulson as the star. So, and it was meant to portray him as more than just a, more than just an annoying bureaucrat of an agent. Yeah. Just a, you know a bit of an action star as well, and it's for free on YouTube. Okay. Watch it. So, it's only about five minutes long. Not very long, so just watch it. Great little story, really great. It's a good, it's a good story in isolation as well. Just a nice little story that's set in the Marvel universe that just kind of happens one day. So Fair. there you go. A funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. There so watch that. It's free on YouTube. Just go and watch it. So that is my weekly wreck, and for this week and for Moon Knight, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye and a goodbye from Corey. Goodbye.